As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The culture is the culture. It's four to six A to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. The plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. Welcome back to 46 with A&B, your Ohio State podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This is Bill Landish, joined by my best friend in the whole wide world, Ari Wasserman. Ari, how you doing? Better now that you said that. I miss you, Good. bud. How are you? Yeah. I'm doing all right. It's hot as hell in Columbus. It's the hottest it's been, I think, since I've lived here. You'll uh, be surprised to hear that that's not a phenomenon that's only to uh, Columbus people. Yeah. I remember when when I went to the opening... In Dallas, with when you were there, you and I were there together a couple years ago. I felt like yeah. that was the hottest I've ever been, like the hottest place I've ever been, and that is what Columbus feels like currently. Yeah, uh, we were out uh, for lunch the other day, and when we walked to the car, you know, the, the thing that I didn't really consider when having a baby is that every single time you go in and out of your car on the weekends, it's a physical activity because you got to like <laughs> get to carry stuff, got to <laughs> carry stuff, and you got to. You know, have a stroller, and then you got to collapse a stroller, and then you got to open the door, and you got to figure out how to put the stroller into the thing, and the thing won't collapse, and it's like this whole song and dance every time we do it. And when it's 120 degrees outside and you're sweating your balls off, it's like the worst thing <laughs> in the entire world. And it's like also too, you got to be like scared because like you know you want to get the baby out of the sun, so there's it's like inherent pressure to do it quickly. And then yeah. you know me, if you've met me, uh, whenever I'm under pressure to succeed in any sort of physical activity quickly, I get irritated and then it becomes harder and then I scream and, you know, that's in the heat. It is especially hard. Yeah. 
That sounds that I'm just picturing picturing the look on your face when you have to do that. I'm the kind of guy that like screams in his own hotel room when he can't shut his bag with the zipper. Like I yeah. get very you've you've seen it. Yeah, I've seen I've seen you have to wait in line behind two people at like a Walmart. I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah, uh, no, I, I get I get kind of mad, but I'm working on it. I'm working on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we're all we're all improving day by day. Yeah, um, add it to the list is what I say. That's right. Uh, I am. I am especially looking for this. is This is probably like this coming week. I think is the best week of like camps at Ohio State. I think so far of the summer. At least it looks like it's like kind of setting up that way. Plus, there's a seven on seven camp on on Thursday, and it's a big official visit weekend. So I'm looking forward to dropping you know fifteen twenty pounds while I'm walking around the Woody this week, uh, just pouring sweat. I did the I did the lose it app that Andy's been talking about incessantly, uh, and it's really cool. Uh, I'm losing some weight right now, and it's it seems to be kind of a sustainable thing. So you're talking to the the person of a million failed diets. This is the latest mm. one. Wish me luck. And when it's hot outside, take the tarp off, sweat a little bit, feel good about yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's good. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. I, you know, I thought, listen, it'll be good for me in the, in the long run. Lord knows, I need to drop a few lbs. So um, I'm, I'm look, looking forward to getting in a workout by simply existing at the Woody this week. Uh, but it is so freaking hot in that building when they do that. It's like I can't. I, I'm, it's going to be so hot. Like I'm, I'm assuming everything's going to be inside at, at least like Tuesday and Wednesday, which is almost be- worse. It's like a greenhouse in there. It yeah. is like a sauna um, in there because like everyone's sweating. It's hot as there's no air circulation. It just smells like sweat. Yeah, that's all right. We'll all be in there. It's together. moist everywhere. It is moist. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it should be good. Um, I'll, I have like a I have a story up on the Athletic on Tuesday, kind of setting the table a little bit for this week. Um, the official visit weekend, like Brandon Innes is going to be here. Like that's probably the biggest one. Um, I had heard that perhaps Brock Glenn might try to get here this weekend as well. Uh, the quarterback that they just offered, Austin Novosad, was just here this past weekend. Brock Glenn potentially coming this weekend. Um, so that's kind of getting – it's heating up a little bit there for the 2023 quarterback race. But then also with the camps too, like the Glenville guys are coming on Tuesday, which I'm really excited about because they have some dudes again. Um, the the PPI recruits, the European guys, the international guys are coming – Tuesday and Wednesday. That's the group that had Hero Canoe last year. There's a couple guys there that I think maybe Ohio State could potentially get involved with. Some guys who have picked up some pretty big offers as they've as they've toured the country. Um, some 2024 offensive linemen in state that that I think are going to be important to Ohio State. So it's going to be a good week of of camping, I think. But it's also going to be a loaded week, which is why we're recording on Monday and why we're going to I think mostly do mailbag today. We asked for some questions on on Twitter via the email via Apple five star reviews. So we didn't want to, you know, leave you guys with nothing while it's kind of a loaded week in terms of having to be places. So did uh, uh, Jonel uh, Aguero, he's going to Florida now. I saw, I don't know. I think he, yes. But, and I don't know what the deal is with his Ohio state official visit because I think like initially I'd heard it was going to be in the fall. And then I think maybe some of the other Ohio state sites were, were reporting that it was going to be this weekend. So I'm actually not a hundred percent sure. What's well, happening. he just tweeted like an hour ago that he's going to Florida this weekend. I thought he said he was going to Florida during the week. Didn't he say he was going? Oh, to Oh, maybe it's during the week. I don't know. Yeah, I thought I thought he said he was going to like Tuesday, like the weird midweek. The, okay, official the, visit, the, which does happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, then maybe he'll do the double dip. I don't know, uh, but that's two five star prospects potentially being on campus. Yeah, um, I think Jaden Bonsu is another. He's not a five star, but like 
when you're if you're trying to figure out like what's going on at safety, it's like yeah, they have they have a couple. They have Malik Crawford, Hartford. They have Cedric Hawkins, but it's like Jaden Bonsu, Jonel Aguero. Obviously, Caleb Downs will be here at the end of the month, so um, some dominoes potentially falling there too. But yeah, that's and I think Noah Rogers is going to be here this weekend, top fifty-ish receiver. Got to uh, love the Noah Rogers uh, Brandon Innes like dual visit. I'm wondering too. I actually don't know this. I probably should know this because like it, Brandon Innes is going to be here, um, and a couple other guys who are on his South Florida Express seven on seven team are going to be here this weekend for official visits, but I don't know if they're going to play in the seven on seven on Thursday, which would be sweet. I love to watch them, but um, I don't know if they're going to or not. Did you see all the clips from the seven on seven that they had in Vegas this weekend? Yeah, I've been watching some of them. Man, I wish I was there. I should have gone to that. Uh, I was kind of surprised you weren't there actually. Yeah. You know what? From now on, like I got to like, just, you know, I've been kind of um, trigger shy for some of the visit requests because I didn't know like if I could pitch Vegas this week to go to there and then, I'm going to California for five days for the Elite 11 at the end of the month. It's just like if I wanted to, I could rack up $10,000 a month of travel expenses, you know, so I'm just trying to pick my spots. You know what I mean? You're, you're passing up some some prime points opportunities there. Yes, yes. Well, I've, I've created a new uh, points hack, which is every time uh, my wife goes on a, a trip, um, I just book her her hotel stay that her company pays for under my reservation and then i call the hotel and i say hey my wife is going to be there before me can you get her name on the room they let her check in i get the points and the night stays and we're like vibing right now yeah that's what uh my my wife is going to a bachelorette party in like two weeks and we did that so that's, yeah that's good for all you. about hacking the system folks. yeah yeah get can you points. can you actually put your wife on your account like i don't know the answer to that but that would be an interesting thing to think about too yeah, I don't know. We have different last names. I don't know. Might be a bit of a might might create more more problem more trouble yeah. than it's worth than just yeah. simply adding. But yeah. Anyway, no one cares about that. Uh, yeah, they do. Sh- sh- <laughs> Why didn't your wife change her last name and then go? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now go. Yeah. Uh, a litter of names are weird. I'll leave it at that. What'd you say? Uh, I said alliterative names are weird, which hers would have been. Had she taken my last name? Well, she could have done the hyphen thing at least. That's all. Yeah, that's a whole mouthful. LKL. Yeah. We should have just picked a totally different last name and both changed our last name to that. Or you could have just combined them, like I've seen some people do. Oh. Landmel or something was what it would be. <laughs> what if we just like what if my name was just like Bill Rodriguez now? <laughs> yeah. We just changed. <laughs> We couldn't figure out what to do, so we just picked the random one. I always thought that having the last name McAllister would be like a very powerful last name, and I think it's because of Home Alone and its impact on me as a kid. Yeah, that's a pretty strong last name. Yeah. McAllister, yeah. It's just kind of like, yeah. You think of someone who's important. Yeah, it does. That last name. Yeah, running through an airport with a trench coat on. You know what I mean? Ari McAllister. <laughs> it wouldn't work because my parents uh, hit me with the the first name that gives away my heritage pretty quickly. But uh, you know, we are what we are, I guess, Bill. That's right. That's right. Should we jump into the mailbag? Yeah. Yeah. What are we been going for ten minutes? Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. This we've been recording this entire time. Believe it or not. All right. Uh, this first question came uh, from Tyler. He emailed it in four to six ab at gmail.com. I think he actually sent this when the last time I wrote a mailbag. And uh, I just didn't get to it because it kind of got in late. But I told him to send it again, and he sent it again. So here's the question. It's a little uh, lengthy, so bear with me. 
Uh, am I wrong in my feeling that Ohio State's offense is like James Harden? Harden puts up crazy numbers against low to mid tier competition, but when he is actually challenged, he crumbles. Ohio State versus the top four defenses they faced last year, Oregon, Penn State, Nebraska, and Michigan, did not perform to the levels expected of what is considered an elite offense. Uh, I understand that it is tougher to excel against better teams. Some teams come in with a good game plan. Everyone has an off game, et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't feel like this offense, even with crazy efficient games against Minnesota, Purdue, and Michigan State, can be at the level of those amazing offenses we've seen in the past 2019 LSU, 2020 Alabama, until they start to perform with more consistency against quality opponents. Uh, what needs to change in order for the offense to become more consistent and reach that level of elite? Um, so I guess two parts. We can, we can answer maybe what we think needs to change, but I'm wondering, Ari, if you agree with the premise at all. Uh, you know, I don't know that I do, Bill. I mean, like, you're not going to score 50 points every week. Um, but I do think that you it, it is a very soul-cleansing thing to watch your favorite team drop 45 or 50 on a very good football team. Mm-hmm. Um, the Penn State game is very strange because it's the same game every year. It's like the spread is 11 or 12. You think that Ohio State's going to win by two touchdowns, no problem, and they look like they have their heads up their ass for four quarters, and then they win an ugly game. Doesn't it kind of feel like that's the same game every year with them? So, like, I don't know if that's like an Ohio State thing or if that's a Penn State thing. Um, Oregon had the ball and was running it down Ohio State's throats for a long – I would love to look at the time of possession stats of that game. Um, And then Michigan was in the snow. So, like, I I guess that kind of sounds like – um, and Michigan also pounded Ohio State pretty good on the ground. I don't know if that sounds like I'm making excuses, but like I don't feel like I left any of Ohio State's losses last year feeling like, oh, the offense really let them down today. Um, I don't think – I'm trying to look at time. Like James Harden shits his pants. Like do you think that like Ohio State shits its pants? <laughs> no, I think there's some times where you're watching James Harden in the playoffs. I'm like, does this guy know what sport he's playing? Like do you know what I mean by that? Like when you're watching it, it's just like what's going on here? Like, I don't know if yeah, I've ever, it, I would ever go that far. I watched the Sixers this year. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't I, – I think I get where the question is coming from. Um, I, I sort of agree with you that the, I don't know if there's, like, one thread through all of those games. And even, like – The one like thread the, that you can make, Bill, is the running game. Yes. Like, I, I pulled some numbers on, the, on those four games. Um, okay. So in those four games combined, they average six and a half yards per play, which is like if that were your season total, you're like a top 20 offense. Um, they were 41% on third down in those games, which is like average. Um, they did not run the ball well. It's like I actually didn't average it out. I should have. But it's right around like four yards per carry in those games, which is not great. And also they were six for 16 scoring touchdowns in the red zone in those four games. So I, I do think the red zone thing – is is something because it wasn't like it was last year. It was a struggle in, in their most important games or, or their games against they played against the best defenses. It was certainly a struggle when they lost to Clemson in 2019. They went 0 for three. Um, it was a struggle in 2020 when they messed around with Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship. They went two for seven, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. So I th- I think if you were to level like any kind of criticism against Ryan Day's offense that's been like somewhat consistent, maybe it's that it's it's red zone production. Even though their overall numbers were very good his first year and and like okay the other two years, um, it's not been great in the biggest games or against the best defenses. So I think maybe that's a little something, but I don't. But know. I also think too that not being able to run the ball or smash mouth efficiently the way that you you know you would expect from an Ohio State offense it plays a very big factor in red zone efficiency too. 
for sure, and and not running the quarterback does too. Like they were awesome in 2019 because yeah. Justin Fields, Justin Fields had like 10 rushing touchdowns that year, I think. Um, and CJ Stroud just not that guy. I wonder if he will be this year. Um, and even in 2019, it was like Justin was really good running the ball, but then in 2019 he was playing on a bad knee and like kind of couldn't run all that well. Um, and they didn't try to run him really in the red zone, and they went over three down there. And if they score once, they might they probably win that game. So. Um, I, I think I get it from that sense. I think there are individual games where it becomes a little frustrating. Um, but I don't know, like, even in the, like the Nebraska game last year just felt like they, like, laid an egg. And in the past, it's probably a game they would lose. But they didn't, they didn't just didn't lose that game because Nebraska stinks. Um, like, the, the sleepwalk against the bad team on the road game. Um, mm-hmm. they, just have, they just happened to win, even though they tried like hell to lose. Um, Penn State, like you said, is it sort of always feels like that. And, and I will give... Brent Pry, who's no longer their defensive coordinator, who's now the head coach of Virginia Tech, like I would give him credit as a guy who seems to have come in against Ohio State with like the best game plan, like kind of consistently and giving them problems. So I don't know. Like I actually don't like in Oregon they averaged against Oregon they averaged seven yards per play. Um they were even two for three in the red zone in that game. They didn't run the ball well and they weren't good on third down. So I I, I don't know. It's it's like not a I guess if we were to point to one thing or two things, it could be red zone and running the ball, um, which I guess maybe just sort of goes back to like overall physicality. Um, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that like Ohio State's offense is James Harden, but I kind of get where Tyler's coming from. Yeah, yeah, I'm with him on it. Uh, I, I understand what he's saying, but I also think too that Ohio State loses so infrequently that like when it does or it, it comes close to losing. It feels like the the sky is falling a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's just like how many like would you be concerned about Ohio State's offense if they beat Michigan twenty eight to twenty six? Like it's yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's just the fact that they came in losses. That's the problem, yeah. and I feel like too, it just the idea overall. Like when it comes to you know the viewpoint of this team, I think is the characteristic that we talk about all the time of just like returning back to like the badass nature that some of the urban teams had of just like. We're physically better than you. We're bigger. We're stronger than you, and we're going to kick your ass. And it's like I don't know if Ohio State's team on either side of the ball had that last year. Well, it they didn't. Did, yeah, it didn't. So mm-hmm. um, you add that into the mix when you have a quarterback like C.J. Stroud and the receivers that they have, and Trey Henderson and, and all the tools. Then I think it becomes a truly elite offense. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I think that. Stop me if I'm wrong here, because like I, I don't want to spew a hot take. What was the best Ohio State offense in your mind during your time on the beat? Mm, it's either 2014 or 2019. Okay. Let me ask this question as a, as a follow-up to that. Because having a great offense for an entire year-long period um, is like a different thing than like playing well at the right time. What was mm-hmm. the best version of Ohio State's offense, the manifestation of it during a two- or three-game stretch that you've ever seen? Uh, I don't. I, I kind of want to say, like, I would say, like, what they were against Clemson in the Sugar Bowl. Okay, so would you take that over what they were in the national title run? Um, no, Maybe, no. It's just, like, I, weird because their quarterback was, like, not their typical quarterback. Uh Oh, I see what you're getting at. Yeah, well, I think I think it was kind of similar. Like it was like vertical vertical down the field passing yes. game and we're going to run it up your ass. Yeah. So I think I think they're kind of the same thing. 
either way you slice it. I You're think, picking up I what think, I'm laying down here, right? Yes, and I think I think I would probably take the national title run version because I'd rather have Zeke than Trey Sermon. Yeah, and well, yeah. I don't know about that one and that, game that Trey Sermon. <laughs> and, and, and I'd rather have I'd rather have the offensive line back then too. Yeah, it just it seems to me that they're like it's like what could you fix the most? It's just like the number one disappointment for me about Ohio State's football team last year wasn't the defense; it was the lack of production from the offensive line and the line that they should have had. Um. I, well, I still think it has to be the defense. Like, they were terrible. No, 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 no. I mean, they were te- the defense was terrible. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying, like, we kind of knew that there was going to be issues there going into the year. So, like, That's they probably true, yeah. should have been better. Like, I thought that it, last year's offensive line had the best chance to be the best line in Ohio State history. And they couldn't run the ball. So, like, my my comment is not to say that the line was worse than the defense. It's just to say, like, the surprise of what it was in comparison to what it was to the expectations, it was pretty, pretty, you know, lackluster. So, you know. I think that's right. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know if, like, the the, the tone of the entire team is based on how good your line is and how nasty it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. I think so. Like, I think think that's – I don't know. Isn't it, like, almost always a separating factor? Like, I I don't – like, Ohio State's skill position is great, and they're recruiting it as well as anybody. Um and I think I've said before, like Michigan really couldn't cover Ohio State's receivers last year. It didn't matter <laughs> because they were getting their ass kicked up front on both sides of the ball. So yeah. I just think that's where that's where the difference is, in my in my opinion. Like, yeah, when, when you when you get when you get into the games against good teams, that's where the difference is. Mm-hmm. So and they weren't they weren't good enough on either side, and like they were surprisingly um, deficient. I think on the offensive line in some of those biggest games. So it's just, it was strange. So, yeah. I mean, we well, got a lot out a of that question, line coach. that's right. Um, I think that, uh, I think that what Ohio state fans want to see is look at all those offensive skill talent. We have look at all the draft picks we have. Why don't they just go kick everyone's ass like LSU did two years ago? Yeah. I wouldn't want to go back. I, I didn't have time because Tyler mentioned them in his question. Um, like the quality of defenses that LSU played that year, I'd be interested to see. Um, Ohio State played a couple of really good defenses last year, and it's not that's not excuse making. Like they still should have played better. Um, but I'm just kind of curious what those defenses look like that LSU played against. I mean, it's yeah. still SEC talent, so even if the numbers aren't great, they're still playing against talented defenses. Yeah, I don't really remember uh, what it was, but I can probably assume that it's in a pretty good position uh, based on the teams that they had to play that year. Yeah, they were really good. But I don't even know. I mean, also the players on the team were really good too. So like, you can yeah, go they back had and Joe look. Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. and Jamar Chase on the team. So it's like, of course they were good. And they had also had Clyde Edwards-Helaire. But you also I could don't... go back and say like you had Justin Fields and Garrett Wilson, oh, yeah. and you know, I mean, they had so Ohio State's yeah. had their guys. Like guys is not the problem. Ohio State had Justin Fields, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, <laughs> like, like it the, worked the out well. The position of those four guys is like 23rd <laughs> in yeah. the draft. <laughs> yeah. So, or maybe probably even higher or better than that. Um, let's go to the next question. Uh, kind of dovetails a little bit with, with line talk. Um, more of a general thing from uh, Jim Jones Jimbo. on left it via an Apple five-star review. He asked, are Lyman one-on-ones and no pads the most unbalanced camp drill out there? I don't think I've seen a single video from camp season of an offensive lineman winning a rep yet. Uh, yes, and I agree with your assessment that it seems like the offensive linemen lose like all the time. Um, 
I don't really know why. I was actually talking with one of the coach, someone on the coaching staff about this at the last camp I was at, and it was just like, I like watching those drills because you get to see guys move around, and I think there's something to the idea of like you get to see who's who's up for some physicality when you don't have any pads on. But I'm not. I don't know if I put a ton of stock in like who actually wins the rep. Do you ever go to a camp, not just fall camp, but like a high school camp or a camp that Ohio State hosts and watch that drill and go, "What are we doing here?" Because I do. Yeah, I'll be yeah. standing there, and be like, "What? Like, what are we learning from this?" Yes, because it's like not. It's not mimicking real football. It's just hard. Like, there's no. I guess you can say it's this is also true for the offense, but like the defensive lineman doesn't have to worry about anything except for trying to beat that guy um on a pass rush rep. Like he's not worrying about a pass fake. He's not where there's no there's no player he's actually going after. There's no play call. He's just like running through a guy. And you're not allowed to bull rush and I think it takes some of the physicality out of it. Um like there's no like variance in snap counts. It's just like you're just kind of teeing off. Also there is um, like probably something to do with leverage there when you have like pads and a helmet like you can use your head um when you're when somebody's bull rushing you you know you can get your hands underneath their well the other th- yeah it's like you're an offense you're an offensive you're not allowed player. to hold you but you have nothing, you have nothing, have nothing to, to hold on to, to. yeah because <laughs> you, 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 you can hold if you keep your hands inside the you're allowed to pads, hold that you're allowed yeah. to hold a guy like move him around yeah that guy's rushing at you with no shirt on like what are you supposed yeah, to do grab his t- <laughs> <laughs> by the nips and see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I've always wondered that, too. It's just, you know, and it, I feel bad, too, because it's like they always get their ass kicked, and it's like, what are you supposed to, like, what are they supposed to do? Yeah, I think I think it's valuable to see, like, how fast a guy can, like, kick out and, you know, redirect and, and mirror a pass rusher. I think that stuff can be valuable, but, again, like, in terms of, like, who actually wins the rep, like, I, I don't – I try not to get too, too caught up in that because I just – I think it heavily favors the defense. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I swear I didn't do this on purpose, but it's more questions about line play. Sure. I didn't. I usually try to mix up the the, the topics, but uh, this is a question from Joseph D. He was on Twitter. Um, interior line play is a strength for Notre Dame and is an area of concern for Ohio State. And I think he means Notre Dame's defensive line against Ohio State's offensive line. Uh, do you think that is a concern going into the Notre Dame game? We did not get into this with Pete Sampson last week. I think we, we – Figured we'd save a lot of the, the football talk for closer to the game. But Joseph has this kind of front of mind um, for the opener. And I think it's a good question because Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame had like 40 something sacks last year, which was like, 
I think maybe 12 to 15 more than it had at any other point in the Brian Kelly era. And I think almost everyone who was responsible for that production is back. And Ohio State's offensive line looked suspect at times last year when it played like even formidable defensive lines. So I don't know. I think I think it's a fair concern. Where are you with that, Ari? Yeah, I think it's a fair concern. I mean, you gotta you can't look at the game and just be like, "Well, Ohio State's better in all regard." You know, you got to find something and like, you know, that's the number one thing that Ohio State's offense is having to kind of work through right now. You know, player positioning and like where they're going to line up and who's going to improve and and if you're going to get what you're going to get out of the guys in the interior. I think it's a it's an absolutely valid concern. Yeah. And as a Notre Dame typically had very good defensive lines. Yeah, they're usually pretty good up front. Um, I think they'll be pretty aggressive in that game, too, in terms of blitzing and stuff like that with, with Marcus Freeman kind of running things. Um, I, like You have a returning starting center in Luke Whipler, who I thought was fairly solid for most of the year. Um, Matthew Jones, like there's, you're not going to be messing around up there. Like You know who your three interior guys are. It's Luke Whipler, Matthew Jones, and Donovan Jackson. Um, I think that trio has, has a really good chance to be better than the trio they had last year. Um but without seeing, yeah, I think that's that's probably. I, I I think that would probably be my number one concern if I were Ohio State going into that game. Like, is your offensive line, which is going to have like basically three new starters, like two and a half new starters, with Parrish Johnson moving to tackle, Donovan Jackson starting at guard, Matthew Jones kind of playing full time after rotating in last year. Are they going to be ready for that? I think that's that's probably if you're looking for an area where Notre Dame can maybe equalize things a little bit, that's where I would start. So, yeah, um, it's not like overwhelmingly concerning, but I think that is number one on the list when you're trying to figure out the matchup. Yep. Uh, our guy Quarantine King on Twitter. How much do you think CJ Hicks will play this coming season? Give me an exact uh... snap count. Let's just go from 1 to 10. Scale from 1 to 10. Hey. Uh, <laughs> five? Five? Yeah. Six? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, maybe backloaded? Like, uh, let me ask you this. Is there is there an opening for him to contribute in the way that Rayquan McMillan contributed as a true freshman? Which is basically like playing like half the snaps. I think so. I kind of think so too. I just, I just well, number one, they weren't very good there last year, and like even if you think like Steel Chambers is going to be better, and if you're a Tommy Eichenberg guy, which a lot of people in the program are, by the way, um, there's not like an established dude there. Isn't C.J. Hicks fast as shit? Yes, the thing that Jim Knowles said that he likes about C.J. Hicks is his uh, short area quickness which is probably not something you'd say about any other Any linebacker single ever. linebacker that Ohio yeah. State's had since 2006? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if it were up to me, like, I get, you know Ralph Russo from the Associated Press? I do know Ralph Russo from the Associated Press. He texts me all the time, and he thinks I'm an asshole because I always want to play really good <laughs> players too soon. <laughs> and maybe I am, but, like, dude, if this kid is who we think he is, then I would play him, especially in a world where we're not necessarily sure about the linebacker production. That yep. said, I understand if Tommy Eichenberg or any of the other starters, Steel Chambers, we're expecting a lot of really good things out of him this year. It's not as simple as just start the freshman. My point is that if he has it, don't not play him because he's young. 
I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Um, and I think, too, like, I don't know, linebacker's really hard now with the way they pick on them with, like, RPOs and stuff. But I would just be in favor of having, like, a guy who's a pretty dynamic athlete and really fast out there. And even if he's learning on the job and making mistakes, like let him make the mistakes fast. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather have a guy with that. Especially kind of considering the fact that Ohio State's probably playing in eight, five, like five to seven games in the first five to seven games of the schedule that they're going to win by thirty. So just like let him play. Yeah, like the first the first one's a real one, obviously. Yeah. But then it's like I don't know Arkansas State Toledo. Um. They play Wisconsin early too, so I don't know. September's September's kind of tricky, but I think um, I I think CJ Hicks is going to play a fair amount as a true freshman, and, and the hope is that he flashes. Yeah, and I think it could be a scenario like you alluded to, where like it just keeps getting his role keeps expanding as the season goes on, and he gets his feet under him. I don't know. I don't. I have a hard time saying, like, yeah, this freshman's going to play a ton. This freshman's going to play a ton. But, like, they have not recruited a guy like this at this position in almost in a decade. 45 years, yeah. <laughs> it's like since Raekwon, since 2014. Um, that turned out well, time, too. So. And the last time that guy was here, he basically split reps at middle linebacker for a team that won the national championship. So um, I'm not saying C.J. Hicks is going to do that, but I also don't think he's going to, like, ride the pine and only be a special teamer. I think he's going to play, like, I think, like, minimum – I think he'll play like I don't know, like a third of the meaningful snaps at that position. Yeah, does I think team, that's does fair. That seem high? I think that's fair. No, I think that's right on target. Because they only play two linebackers too, which is what yeah makes it, tricky, makes it harder. But, yeah. Um, I w- so Michael asked this question on Twitter, and I had to like I looked up some stuff to like come up with a decent answer because I I. Probably assume for you, you don't follow baseball particularly closely, and I, I don't really either unless I'm watching the Phillies. Um, but he said Phillies uh, to, the Phillies one to avoid uh, what is now a cliche for your show and not ask for a food comparison. If the 2022 Buckeyes were a major league baseball team, who would they be? When I first read the question, I would be like, uh, I thought it was like uh, any like franchise, not just for this year, but just the franchise. I was like, are they not the Yankees? Yeah, I guess if you want to think of franchise. Well, no, they're not the Yankees because the Yankees have the most championships. No, they're the Yankees because they're like the sexiest symbol of like the sport. Uh, Everybody views them. Alabama's the Yankees. No, I don't know. The Yankees. No, the the Yankees haven't won. What I was going to say is the Yankees have inexplicably not won a World Series in like 15 years. I know the last time they won a World Series. It was 2009. They beat the Phillies. I'm sorry, bud. Sorry. Phillies won the year before that. So 13 years ago. Yeah. Oh, I guess like, if you use it, I guess if you do it that way, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like they they are always supposed to be awesome. They pay a lot of money. They've got great uniforms. They're one of the most recognizable brands in the entire world, and they never win anything. Yeah, so they're probably going to win it. Like the Yankees and the Mets, I think are the best teams in baseball right now. The Mets um, are. Yeah, the Mets. The only, there's two teams in Major League Baseball that have more than 40 wins: the Yankees and the Mets. Um, what? When did that happen? Isn't it crazy? I know. I haven't been following. I just like I thought they were terrible. No, the Mets. Yeah, the Mets. Is like Noah Syndergaard back? No, he doesn't play for them anymore. He plays oh, okay. for the Angels, but they have uh, Max Scherzer. Oh, that helps. Yeah, he's awesome. They've got um, Fra- Frankie Lindor too. They do have Frankie Lindor. They have uh, the polar bear Pete Alonso. Um, I looked up uh, some stats to come up with a good answer for this, and my answer is that the, which is the most landest thing in the history of all yes. mankind. Yeah, uh, the 2020 Ohio State Buckeyes are going to be the Dodgers. 
the Dodgers are, let me see here. They're second in OPS. They are fifth in slugging. They've scored the second most runs in the major leagues. Uh, but they're like more closer to like the middle defensively, like defensive run saved. They're seventh. Um, and I think that's more or less what Ohio State's going to be. Awesome on offense. Better on defense. Not great on defense, but probably like good enough on defense. At least I think that's the hope. Um, and the Dodgers are like the, I don't know, third best team in baseball, third or fourth best team in baseball right now with upside to win to win a championship. And um, people, I think there's some people who think like Ohio State is the best team in the country coming into this season. I do not because I think Alabama is, but I think Ohio State's probably second. Um, so yeah, that a a not flawed defensive team, but a less than dominant defensive team with a tremendous offense. Is that is who Ohio State is? Well, yeah, you and I really go different directions on these types of questions. Yeah, I like the big like picture. And you're well, like, a, yeah, actually, their OPS is like, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> you get a. Uh, you get you get both whatever you're you get both for. You're I looking, know good you're good looking team for something more in depth you got that if you're looking for a bigger picture they're the Yankees then you got that okay I think that works well for everybody all right this question was from Peter uh, inspired by the Notre Dame beat writers coming into town imagine they have extra time for one lunch in Columbus and won't be back anytime soon there's a lot of pressure where do you send them for lunch like North Market <laughs> then pick whatever you want there. I mean, it would have to be pizza. I mean, come on. I would probably would not send them to get pizza. It depends on what you want. Um, like, what? Is it going to be hot chicken takeover? Because, like, that's, like, good Nashville hot chicken, but not nearly as good as the real Nash- Nashville hot chicken? Uh, I don't know if it's not nearly as good. I think it's pretty good. It's pretty I think, good. I, 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 I mean, think but like, I think it's worse. The hot chicken takeover, like, is as good as Hattie B's. And, like, I think Hattie B's is, like, considered, like, average in Nashville. Um. I would maybe. What I'm saying, like, like, it's not a good Columbus food recommendation because it's just Nashville hot well, chicken, Columbus, which isn't. But Columbus doesn't really have like a thing. Like, I guess you could say the pizza, but that's like more of a Midwestern thing, isn't it? No, I know, but there's certain places in Columbus that have, I think, very good pizza that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, I don't know if there's any pizza in Columbus that is that good that I would send them there if they had a time for one meal. Um, I would maybe I would send them like brown bag deli or cat singers maybe if you want a sandwich. But you can get a good corned beef sandwich in any city in America. Uh, I would right? like to know what the corned beef situation is in like Fargo. I don't know if that's true. Hold on a second. I think good good Jewish delis is Jewish hard to come deli by Fargo. If you're North. if you're not on the East Coast somewhere. Um, dude, the ten best Jewish there's a pers- there's a place called Burn Bombs in, F- in Fargo. That place flaps. <laughs> Let's go, dude. This place looks legit. I it is maybe, my like, goal in life to go to burn bombs with you. We can make that happen. I know it's it's like cliche. It's a, like a Columbus cliche, but I would maybe consider sending them to Thurman because it's like yeah, sort of a quintessential Columbus spot. Um, and the burgers. Are Have good. you been there a few times? I've been there two or three times. Yeah, I've only been there one time, and my burger was so soggy. I was just like so disappointed. I think it's just because um, they put so much meat on the burger. I didn't even get the Terminator one either. I just got like a regular burger, and I was like, I couldn't even pick it up without it falling apart. And I'm like, this is this is your god. <laughs> I think the I think the structural integrity of the bread needs to be a little better for what they do. Yeah, yeah, I and I don't that. find that their 
their meat is all that flavorful. Like I think it's pretty solid. I think that the thing it's a solid burger, but I think the reason why everybody talks about Thurman is because they put nine patties on one. It's like that's not because it's big doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, you can get like a a a ten by ten In and Out burger would probably taste better to me than that. Um, maybe are we we like getting to the conclusion that like you know what I would send them Cap City Diner. Oh yeah, Cap City is pretty good. Pretty pretty diverse menu. Pretty diverse menu. Really good food. Columbus Institution. Done. The meatloaf is tremendous there. Have you great had meatloaf. meatloaf. Yeah, not not really good, good meatloaf. <laughs> great, great meatloaf. meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> I would send them the Urban's Pine House. <laughs> yeah. Just don't go at ten o'clock. Yeah. Let's give them uh, after the after the NFL Sunday. Don't get the shelly teeny. Here it's it's not very good. Um, here is a question from Jonathan, and. Uh, he Did asked, "Which agree li- on a food question?" By the way, I think we came close to agreeing on a food question. I've never been to Dirty you, Frank's. Think, oh, Dirty Frank's is good. What about Schmidt's? I don't love Schmidt's. Um, it's fine. I don't know if I'd send somebody there. Um, what was I going to say? Because when you send somebody to a restaurant, that's like your brand. You don't want to mess that up. Yeah, Dirty Frank's would be interesting. But it's like you have to like it, all they have is hot dogs, so you have to like really want a hot dog. But they have a they have a fun menu there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never I been would there, so. I would send them. Um, what the hell is the name of that restaurant? Oh, I'm so sad. I can't remember it. It's been closed forever. It was on High Street. It was a diner. It was great. Oh, that weird diner that had like alternate types of food. No. Man, why can't I remember the name of it now? That's so sad. I swear to God, I've been to this place 50 times. It's like the restaurant I've been to the most in Columbus, but it hasn't been open for like three years because it's closed now. We used Is to it by where I used to live? No, it was on High Street, like uh, next to One Line Coffee. Pretty sure. Good Boy or something? No, it began with a P. And it's really bothering it'll come, me. It'll come back to you. It's really bothering me that I can't so remember the name of it. No, Bucket Donuts is whatever. If you're, you want to eat a very average breakfast sandwich and pretty good donuts, I think that's not a, not a bad place to go. Um, I know exactly what the place you're talking about is, too, and they had weird food. There's another place, uh, Press Grill, I think is good. There's one on High Street, and there's one in uh, Grandview. What about Planks? Planks is good if you, want a, if, you, if you want a little sweetness with your pizza. Also, like a very cool place to go eat. Yeah. The, the one on Parsons. Not what about Eddie one. George's? You know what? Uh, what about Jason's Deli? <laughs> I think you get a free ice cream cone there. Yeah. All right. I dragged you back into the question. When when, uh, when the other restaurant hits you, it'll hit you. Oh, my God. I'm, it's make, I'm so angry. I'm not going to sit here and try to remember it. It's bad podcasting. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, here's a question uh, from Jonathan. Which elite programs do the best job of developing three-star prospects to be drafted? Because he said, like, I did this story for five stars. Um, to give you, like, the actual answer to this would take a whole lot of research. Um, I think maybe we can maybe try to answer it a little more anecdotally. But I will say, I did, when I was doing the five-star thing, I did look up the teams that had the most three-star prospects that became first-round picks in the last five drafts. And like Virginia Tech was first, which kind of shocked me. They were, they had four, uh, but Georgia was there. Alabama Philco. was there. Philco, thank you, thank you so much. Philco was great, but it's not open anymore. Um, Virginia Tech, Georgia, Alabama were at the top of that list. Ohio State uh, was like middle of the pack, but I don't know. I think maybe the answer to that question is probably the programs that develop the five stars the best too. It's like if you develop five stars, you can develop three stars, but. Um, the first program that kind of jumped to mind for me with this question was Clemson. And I don't know if they still carry that reputation for you. Yeah. I mean, you won national championships, but like, I don't know, like they win national championships because of Isaiah Simmons or they win it because of their quarterbacks, you know, like it's, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. I think that they were very good at evaluating and, you know, part of the reason they were, their staffs have kind of dispersed now in the last year, but it's like which programs develop three-star prospects to be drafted is like different than which ones to be good. You know, like yeah. I would think of like a Northwestern maybe or an Iowa State or, you know, a team like that that's always super like maybe Wisconsin, but drafted is a completely – that's a numbers-based thing. That That's like – I wouldn't know the answer to that. Yeah, getting the most out of your talent to be like a good college football team and then getting those guys drafted are different. Yes. Um, but Clemson has certainly would probably be the one that I would guess for drafted because they've had a ton of studs drafted and they haven't recruited as well as the other places that they've beaten on the national stage. Yeah. Um, I think that's right. I agree with that. Next question from Zachary. Biggest concern for next season, offensive line depth or stopping the run on defense? I think it's – I don't – offensive line depth is more like a coach thing. And, like, it's – I guess it's real, but – it's only real if someone goes down. So, like, stopping the run on defense can be a real problem no matter who's available because of how bad they were at it last year. So it's that for me. And, like, I'm not necessarily sure it's close. Uh, good teams ran the ball straight up Ohio State's ass last year. And that cannot happen, that cannot happen again in 2022. They lost two games because of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It just it can't. You, they have to be more formidable than that. Right up the tailpipe. Year. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, biggest need in the 2024 recruiting class. Second part is Zachary's question. Um, offensive tackles or a top tier running back? Would you ever say anything other than offensive tackle? I think if they like got if a they signed of studs, six offensive tackles in the 2023 class, would you still say offensive tackle? Probably, but I'd yeah. th- I'd at least think twice about it. Dude, a stud running back is what really came to mind. For me. Yeah, because it's again, I like Mark Fletcher a lot, but when you go through a good chunk of the cycle thinking you're going to get Richard Young and now it looks like you're not going to get him. Um, 
I think that's probably right now. If they if they somehow end up getting Justice Haynes this cycle, then then that probably would change my answer. Did you get two twenty twenty four? Yeah, um, but I think it's I think it's running back, and you want to see like a Trevion Henderson kind of hit. I think in that class, right? Because they didn't have one in twenty two. They're probably not going to have one in twenty three. So you probably need to get one in, in twenty twenty four. Although I will say, running back. I think if you have like a good offensive line, you don't need a. You've always said that, Trevion Henderson. You've always said that since the day I met you. I just think it's true. I think it's true of football. I don't know. Like if Mayan Williams was Ohio State starting running back right now, I would think differently about their offense. Would you? Yeah. I don't know that I would because everything I think about their offense that's good right now has like almost nothing to do with how they run the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think having. Trey Henderson as your running back changes your home run uh, threat ability. I yeah, know Mayan had yeah, a few. That's, that's, I mean, I mean, Mayan had a few long touchdown run. I mean, he scored a long touchdown run on the first pl- series of the year last year. Yeah, but, that's what I'm I saying. Mean, every I'm single time Trey Henderson player. touches the ball, he could house it. Like I don't know that that's true for Mayan Williams. Yeah, I don't think they're the same player. I think Trevion Henderson is is much better than Mayan Williams, but I also think their offense would be okay. I also think that having. In those big games, and this is the same debate that we've had over multiple things about whether J.K. was too slow or whatever, has always been a home run hitting guy can be the difference of winning or losing a playoff game. So, like, it's... Yeah. I'm not saying I don't think Ohio State would be good. Like, I think they wouldn't be good anymore. But, like, I think having Trey Henderson back there, like, makes you, like, look around and go, there's no real inherent weakness except for whether or not they can figure out their offensive line. Yeah, um, so I think it's running back. And the, uh, ask me again, I guess when this class in twenty three finishes. But right now, I think it's running back. Although, if they miss on all their tackles, like if they don't get Olaus Allen in, they don't get Samson Okamola, they don't get like uh, who's the kid that just visited this over the weekend? Miles uh, Garrett Walker. No, I mean, Miles Garrett. Yeah, <laughs> Miles Miles Walker visited over the weekend. Um, Another kid whose name I'm going to butcher, I'm sure, to- Tosin Babalad, Babaladi. <laughs> I don't know how you say his last name. Uh, is is officially visiting this weekend. Um, they don't get either of those guys, and they don't get Allen in or Okalola. Like they didn't get, I don't like any of their top like seven tackle prospects in this class outside of Luke Montgomery, who might not be a tackle when he finally plays for Ohio State. So, if they go through another cycle of that, then I think it's tackles almost no matter what happens with running back in this cycle. But um, I get I get running back in 2024 if you don't get a, another stud this year. Uh, question from Nate. He addressed this to you, which I uh, found a little disrespectful because I have had a Torchy's Taco or two in my day. He said, Torchy's Tacos opens its first Central Ohio location um, later this week. What is the go-to order? I think you've had Torchy's more than I have. I, I'm almost certain of that. I haven't gone to Torchy's since I moved here. Yeah, I've had, uh, I've I've probably had Torchies like a dozen times in my life. The good news is there's only one answer to this question. So, take it away. You know what it is? You remember what it's called? The trailer park. Yeah, yeah. I get the trailer park taco, which is like a fried chicken taco. I get a trashy style, trashy style yeah, with the do. queso because yeah, that's who, that's how Matthew Baldwin told me to order it, uh, and then it told you to order it the next day. Yeah, <laughs> you went to do the same story on him when we weren't working together. Um, their queso is very. Did you have to say it that way? What when we weren't working like, I'm, like I'm second place or something? 
Oh, oh I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I know. I you were. You. <laughs> I mean, you were. You were <laughs> second. I was but, second. Yeah. Um, they also have a very good fried shrimp taco. If you're the, into fried the Baja, fish, the Baja shrimp, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Torchies is. I remember when we first went to Torchies, and that was like five years ago now, right? We always thought this type of this type of taco place is exactly what Columbus needs, and they're getting one. Because yeah, I, I think it's think better Condado than Condado. Sucks. Yeah, I think Condado Condado's does kind of suck. Um, and there's a the one that's up in Cleveland is down here now too, which is just like a better version of Condado. Yeah, it's the one that was in downtown by the ballpark. Yeah, Barrio. Barrio. Yeah, everybody um, was obsessed with Barrio. Yeah, which is like fine. I get there a lot when I lived in Cleveland, but I don't. I think Barrio is pretty good. I think Condado is not very good at all. But this isn't like actual tacos the way that you would. They're tacos, but it's not like those places. This place has like a wiener on one of them. You know, like you get like a sausage yeah. on it. Like, yeah, it's not. It's like served in a, in a tortilla. But didn't you say it, it's yeah. going to be like just a window though, and not a restaurant? No, no, no. no. Uh, uh, so they they were here as like a test kitchen that was like you can only order takeout on DoorDash, um, and then that closed a while ago. But they're building, I think, two brick and mortar stores here. Oh, that's that's huge. Yeah, one up by Polaris, and I think another one like on Sawmill Road. Like, are you going to go out of your road. way to go to those places, those far away? Like, do you think Torchies is good enough to get in your car and drive up to Sawmill? Yeah, I think so. That's like a twenty-minute drive for you. Yeah, but I would still do it. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Maybe I tend on the Gallows. Have you ever gone to Gallows? Gallows is delicious. That is yeah, a really good Gallo. one. Gallows is good. It's also, like, it's the like not, the location yeah. of my worst hangover in the history of man, or the place that gave me the worst hangover hangover I've ever had. Really? Yeah, I was like twenty five, and I was eat, drinking fat tire like it was Bud Light. <laughs> and the next morning, I was I honestly thought I was going to die. It was I the worst. Blo- it, I feel bloated now just hearing that. It was a twenty four hour hangover where it's like I needed two nights of sleep to get through it. Yeah, I know those. I haven't. Thankfully, yeah. I know I had I had one of those when I was in Myrtle Beach. Also, it <laughs> was the night before I left Columbus to drive to Indianapolis for the NCAA tournament or something or the Big Ten tournament. I had to cover a basketball tournament the next day. That is, uh, I think, maybe the worst combination is hungover and long drive. No, I think hungover covering basketball tournament. Okay, <laughs> yeah, maybe we could add that on top. I've driven many a road trip hungover, and if I can get like a, a nice ice cold Mountain Dew, maybe a sandwich, and get that air conditioning going, I feel like that is the best thing I could possibly ask for, other than laying in bed, of course. Yeah. Don't you I think a so. regular soda kills a hangover better than anything? I think anything with bubbles does, but yeah. Um, I like a nice Topo Chico when I'm hungover. Little, uh, little seltzer for you. Say the fat thing. What fat thing? Just you know, the fatter thing is better. Like there's no. Don't tell me a Topo Chico is better than Mountain Dew. Well, I don't like Mountain Dew, but I would. I would. Crush what? It I, would I didn't know that about you. Really? Yeah, I don't love it. It's fine. Like I'll drink it in a pinch, but I don't. What's love your it. favorite soft drink? Cherry Coke on draft. Cherry Coke, Cherry Coke on draft. And then, I, like number two is ginger ale, which might be kind of weird, but I like, that is kind of like weird. A, I like a fresh Canada Dry. That's good. That's the good stuff. There was a. There's this show on um, FX. It's Zach Galifianakis and uh, baskets. Baskets. Have you ever watched it? I have not. No. In the first episode, he like goes up through a drive-through, and he's at like, and then I was like, "What would you like to drink with your meal, sir?" And he's like, "I'll have a tab." And then like he's like asking for like all of these like obscure sodas that like don't advertise and like are just in the soda aisle still. 
And it's just like, I think he asked for Canada Dry. And it's like, he like went down the list of like 15 like yeah. random. Can I get a Verner's ginger ale, please? Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, like it was really funny. Um, it is also funny to me of like, you think about how much money, and I still, I think I saw a meme on this on Instagram the other day, of like how much money Coke and Pepsi spend advertising their like brand. And it's like, have you ever seen an ad for mug root beer? It's like, it's just chilling there, just no. mug remember, and what's what's the, the other... Barks, the, the Barks has bite commercials, I remember those. Yeah, mugs and, and Barks just like going back and forth, like in the in the root, the anonymous root beer battle of the Coke aisle. Yeah. yeah, without any ad ad dollars backing it. <laughs> Another yeah, one of them hold a candle. Sometimes it's like a, a regular... I mean, every regular soda in it, like when you want one, is refreshing. But McDonald's Coke is still the is still the king. McDonald's Coke and, and some of that electric Sprite that'll get yeah. you where you need to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's do the last question. Uh, this is from the Heim brother. It seems like the quote reasonable amount of time given to new head coaches tasked with turning around a program is around three years. I think I'd agree with that. Uh, what should be the reasonable amount of time for coordinators asked to do the same thing on one side of the ball? Well, this is an interesting question because you would think, well, maybe two years or three years, but it's just like most of the time coaches get fired because they sucked at recruiting and the person that needs to come in has to like revamp the uh, the entire roster. And it's like when you fire a coordinator, it means that they were bad at coaching a lot of times, right? So it's like to me, if you're paying, like I think this is obviously directed around Jim Knowles. It's like if you have those players, it's like I think it's one year if you're getting paid $2 million. I don't disagree. I, it, it's situational. Like Jim Jim Knowles, it took three years at Oklahoma State. Um, they were not starting from a great place, and obviously it's the kind of program where I think you need to develop players in your system to get really good. Whereas at Ohio State, you're bringing in guys who are really good. Not to say they don't need to be developed. They do, but it just happens at a quicker pace. Um, and also, like they're bringing back a lot of guys who have played a lot of football. So I think it gets accelerated. That, that plus the expectations means it gets accelerated. So um, I don't think it's like hard and fast. You get one year, but I th- think like Jim Knowles making $2 million a year at a place like Ohio State, you want you there's an expectation that you see dividends one year in or in year one. Yeah. Like significant dividends, I think. Yeah, like win a national championship or you suck. Like this, your defense needs to be good enough. That yes. the offense can carry you to a national championship, and he was hired understanding that too. It's not like an yeah, unfair. He knows, that, yeah. he knows what's up. Yeah, yeah. He took. Yeah, he. I, I think that's like. I think the best thing he said so far is like, I know that I don't have four years to do this, um, or three years even. So, um, reasonable on average, maybe not quite one year. I think reasonable in this situation, one year. One year. Yeah, one year. Yeah. No pressure. Good job, Dollaby. It's one year. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the questions. We uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash 4-6. Uh, <laughs> oh, I just made a, <laughs> a horrifying face. <laughs> Sorry. I did it just to trip you up on your end. Yeah, that's good. I should have looked at you. Theathletic.com slash 4-6 can get you subscribed there. You can read our work. Uh, I'll have some stuff coming out of camp this week, uh, no doubt. Um, still working on that Von Bell story I've talked about. Um, and some other stuff coming down the pipe too that that I'm excited about. So theathletic.com slash 4-6. Leave us a five-star review on Apple. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. (laughs) 